Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode one of The Rest, which is the podcast of Renew Grants Pass here at Edgewater Christian Fellowship. That was a lot of names packed into one. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Stephen Joffer. I probably know everyone listening because... You know, it's a small group, so we're all together. Fifteen of you, exactly, <laughs> or, or less. <laughs> or less. So good to see you. Good to hear from you. Good to talk to you. But I am not alone. Here with us, we have Anna Doan. Say hi, Anna. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we are here, just recording, here to talk about Jesus and talk about things. And as I said, it is called the Rest. Is the name of our podcast and. The reason why it's called The Rest uh, is me and Anna frequently after Thursday nights and also me with other people after Thursday nights, we just end up talking about all kinds of different other things that go along with the passages that we had talked about the week before. So we've been traveling through the book of 1 Corinthians and this last week we covered 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and afterwards me and Anna just ended up talking about like different issues and things that, that came up. And, and it's just all of the rest of the things that we wish we could cover on a Thursday night, yeah. but you just don't have the time to cover. And things too that like come from like genuine, just like a more focused conversation, I feel like, than something that would happen, you speaking to all 70 of us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Teaching tends to be at 10,000 feet. And then from that 10,000 foot view, you start seeing mountains and things and start wondering, wait a minute, what about that? (laughs) And this podcast is designed to actually get out of the plane and go down and check out those mountains, check out those different rivers that you're seeing from up above and say, okay, what does this really mean? What does this actually look like? And all of the, the, the topics that come up that we wish we could talk about, just the rest of the things. That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I really like that. And I also think it's funny um, because from the first time I came to Renew, like I feel like this is just a theme. And like that's true. I remember the first time you, you were there. Questions. <laughs> and so I feel like this is just an opportunity for me to ask even more questions. There is a I'm story really behind that. But we have to share that story. So the first time Anna came to renew. It wasn't called renew yet. And we were at Amanda's house and it was a great time. And there had been quite a few questions over the previous weeks about predestination, which, you know, is just a low key subject. I know it's just (laughs) low key, not really that much debate about it or whatever. So I gave a little teaching on predestination to kind of address those things. And afterwards, Anna came up and she had a lot of questions for me. <laughs> like a ridiculous amount of questions. Yeah, but I loved it. It was like legitimately so fun because talking about theology, talking about God, talking about the Bible is one of the best things. It's so, it brings things home. It's so meaningful and really is where growth is found and where things really start to hit home. And so these conversations outside of just the teaching, I think can really... They can really be the place where the knowledge of the abstract becomes something tangible. No, totally. And like for me personally, that conversation like spiraled months of like my own personal growth within 
my spiritual walk and my spiritual understanding. And I think that it was a bit of a catalyst for that, which was super cool. And then also like, not only is it just like where the meat is, but it's also super interesting and fun. I don't know mm -hmm. if other people feel that way, but like, I think it's super interesting to talk about and just like get into that stuff. And it's really cool too. Even when you have a different opinion from somebody or don't think the same things, obviously like, these conversations can still happen and mm -hmm. they can still be really meaningful and really open. And I don't know. I just think it's a cool opportunity for growth and for understanding and community and fellowship and all that stuff, that jazz. I don't know. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> totally agree. And having those dissenting viewpoints helps us to be able to know what we believe even better and, and to be able to have a sharper understanding. And so part of also what we want to do on this podcast is to be able to talk about things from different points of view, maybe things that we may not believe in or totally agree with. Um, but things that a lot of people might believe in or things that a lot of people might really be struggling with or things that a lot of people might be convinced of and, and to talk about those and recognize even underneath the body of Christ, um, there's, there's a lot of different kinds of Christians, you could say, where we all believe in Jesus, but there, there are some people who lean different ways and different points of theology yeah. or, or points of church practice or, or all different kinds of things. And so to be able to talk about those different things in a way that recognizes, hey, I believe what I believe and this is what I see in the scripture and that's what we're going for is going to the, to the scriptures. But to have dissenting viewpoints or, or to have a broader range of perspectives um, only helps us to be able to have a greater understanding. Totally. And, and that's not to like offend or step on toes or anything like that and if any questions come out of this podcast where you're like oh I have a question about what you guys said on there just feel free I would say to like reach out and be like can you clarify this either in person or next time episode two episode two yeah <laughs> no for sure and also if after a Thursday night one of my teachings or someone's teaching um you have questions or it brings up something that you wish could be talked about um, feel free to come talk to me or Anna and we'd love to, uh, address those on this podcast or even just individually. And so that's definitely a big part of what, what we want to do is, is to make it personalized to really address the things that people are going through or questioning, um, or confused about in, in our group. So we're definitely open to all kinds of feedback. And I definitely know also that I don't know as much as I wish I did. As I said this last <laughs> this last week, I was like, man, there's so many things I don't know about. And so and we love to hear the you, feedback. I know less. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> There's going to be a competition to see who knows less. <laughs> Is everyone excited to listen to that? I mean, not much better. <laughs> um, but also one of the other things of why this is called the rest is... Rest biblically has, is a really important theme and a really important concept. And we're introduced to it at the very beginning of the Bible. God, he creates the world and every day he creates something new and he calls it good. And then on the seventh day, he rests. After all of the work he had done, after all of the um, create creative power that he had um extended to be able to create the world, he then rests. And, and the rest that God 
takes isn't just simply ceasing from work. Instead, it's stepping into his office. He's stepping into his governing role, that things are operating and functioning correctly and beautifully, and he's now resting and presiding on his throne over all creation. And then humans, we were then created to enter into that rest in the Garden of Eden, where we then take up our work, take up our calling to be able to tend and fill the earth and, and tend the garden. And, and, and that was meant to be a restful experience. Rest isn't the absence of work. It's instead work functioning properly and in its proper place. And so in the Garden of Eden, there was meant to be that rest, but unfortunately, everything went wrong. <laughs> As we all know, everything went wrong. And that rest that we had and that shalom, the peace that we had, that that was lost. And throughout the scriptures, there is the desire to go back to that state of rest, of perfect communion with God, where things function correctly. And, and in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, we see that pursuit of going back to the rest um, really brought out, and the author of Hebrew is so brilliant because he talks about Moses and how Moses delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, but but there was still something not quite right. And so then Joshua, he led them into the promised land, and yet there still wasn't a rest there. And then in the Psalms, David, there still wasn't a genuine rest. There was still a rest uh, anticipating for the people of God. And it says in Hebrews chapter 4, um, it says, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. And verse 11 is our theme verse, if you will, for this podcast, where it says, let us therefore strive to enter that rest. I love that phrase. <laughs> strive to enter the rest. Because ever since the fall, we have been striving to live on our own. We've been striving to live independently from God, to make our own decisions, and to not rely on his sovereign peace, his sovereign control, and his sovereign direction, and his true lordship. Instead, we've been striving to be independent from him instead of living in dependence upon him. And here, the author of Hebrews reminds us to strive, to work, to pursue, to remember the rest that comes through Jesus, who is better than Moses, who's better than David, who's better than Joshua, the true savior. And that rest is what we're going to be trying to explore and trying to experience and to trying to strive for in, love, in these conversations. I love how contradictory those two words are. Yeah, right? It's the, it's the <laughs> ultimate seemingly oxymoron where it's like strive, work, straw, like just cling and just scrap for it for rest. rest yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just oh it's a beautiful thing because the default mode of our heart is to be our own lord our own god and to create our own salvation it's the works-based righteousness and we have to constantly fight against that idolatry fight against that to rest in the finished work of christ to rest in the grace that he has he has given us and and what's cool is that in the next few verses the author of Hebrews gives us some practical ways to be able to say, here's how you enter into this rest. And he says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, 
and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The way in which we enter into the rest, the way in which we experience the grace that Jesus has purchased for us on the cross is through the word of God. It it, it enters our heart and our soul. It, It exposes the places in which we're trying to live independent from God as our own master and our own Lord. And and it has a powerful transforming influence on our hearts. The word of God does. And, and that's where the true transformation, the true growth, the, the true benefits come from just reading God's word and letting it do its work. Yeah, totally. And so that's really our heart for this podcast is that we would be able to enter into the rest, strive to enter into the rest by discussing his word, by having his word be primary, his word be the focus, and his grace truly be the center of everything we do. But then also to to take that and say, okay, how does that really apply to what we talked about last week uh, on the on Thursday night? Okay, or wait. Yeah. Right. No, Before go for it. This, I know yeah. I'm not supposed to ask questions until we go into that stuff, but I have a question. <laughs> yes. Free that stuff. <laughs> Great. Let's do it. So, you know how it's so, I don't know. I feel like culture has, we kind of talked about um, this last week, actually, with Toy Story. Yes. Where, like, Woody, love Toy Story. Yeah. Woody and, Greatest and movies. Buzz and, yeah. Um, Rex. What did he say at the end? He followed his, his inner voice. Yeah, yeah. What does your inner voice say to you? And Aaron Bu- Woody looks back at Bo Peep and he just knows. And so then he yeah. follows his inner voice to it's go find his identity. It's how much you know about that movie. But um. what can I say? I, I'm a Toy Story fan. <laughs> it was life changing as a kid. I literally was like, I maybe my toys are our life. Like it's possible. <laughs> like you ever like walk into your room like really slowly? Oh yeah, burst open the door just in case. <laughs> just like sneak up and was like, oh, well, I know you're gonna right. be somewhere different. Yeah, but. exactly. <laughs> it was a disappointing but. day when I figured out they weren't alive. But you know. <laughs> Live and learn. Was Move on. Seventeen on that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sixteen and a half. Okay. <laughs> um, but so, culture says to like follow your inner voice, and I swear this is gonna tie in. It does in my brain at least. So I'm sorry if it doesn't for anybody else. <laughs> but um, I feel like as Christians, we can kind of have that same mindset, but like. Christianese version of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like kind of essentially the same thing. But in our minds, we've justified it through, I don't know, through like making it. Hearing the Holy Spirit. Yeah, hearing the Holy Spirit or just, and I don't say this to, I feel like this could be really contradictory. So please correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like, because obviously I don't believe that God's love can be amplified to any extent because God's love is, I just, it's the big, it's like we can't even comprehend how big it is, but I feel like we can, we can amplify his love without amplifying other parts of his character. Mm-hmm. And does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then, um, 
turning that into a way to like self-serve. And so I think because like as I'm hearing you talk about striving there, like we're meant to strive. But then there's this like very Christian concept right now where it's like there is no striving. And there is. There is no striving. Like you don't have to do anything to accept God's love or to deserve it because mm-hmm. it's we literally can't. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like the Bible does instruct us to like work towards it. Mm-hmm. It's just so contradictory in my brain. Mm-hmm. And does that, does that all track for you? No, I think that totally tracks. And I think like one of the main, the main differences is the motivation behind striving, the striving and the, why it's so different from why the Christian striving as talked in, in Hebrews four is so different from the non-Christian or non-believer striving is that when a non-believer is striving, they're striving for worth, for identity, for the sense of belonging, for the sense of um, that my life is worth living. And that kind of striving, that has a type of fatigue and wear and tear that is so, so damaging and so pervasive and that kind of striving can easily transfer into the Christian circle. And I think that's where those songs and those, um, that concept can be so beautiful because there is no striving in the sense of you're now achieving your identity and achieving your self-worth because that's already been achieved in who Jesus, in what Jesus has done yeah. for you and your identity is, is given, because I not, love not those earned. Songs. Exactly. And so that speaks they're so to, they're so good. And that speaks to that truth that we're not striving for identity and acceptance because our identity as an acceptance has been purchased for us yeah. in Jesus. However, now that that has been established and now we no longer have to strive for that kind of acceptance, love, and sense of belonging and identity. We don't have to strive for those things anymore. That part's done. That part's done in Jesus. Yeah. And now from that sense of security, we then have the privilege and opportunity to experience that more in our lives by striving to enter into that rest. So trying to understand what that means to be totally and accepted in Jesus to a greater extent, like that takes some effort. It takes some study to really know how accepted you are. Yeah. And and that's, and I think that's where the striving to enter into the rest is, is like take the time to understand exactly how thoroughly God has saved you and how thoroughly God has loved you. And then uh, there's a, there's another great passage where Paul writes, um, I strive um, to obtain the crown and I, I I run the race. Um, It's in, First or second Corinthians, don't quote me on it, but it's, he's, he says that I, I don't beat the air. I'm not boxing to beat the air, but instead I'm very specific and he is striving to run the race. And, and, and that kind of striving again, isn't for identity, but it's from security for God's glory and out of genuine love, because I cannot believe how accepted and loved I am by Jesus. And so why would I not? And I would love nothing more than to serve him with everything I am because he's given me everything. Yeah, totally. Well, and it's just such, it's one of those major balance things that I don't know that is fully possible to even figure out completely. Mm -hmm. But, um, and 
not to bring it into this conversation, but if you haven't read Prodigal God, read it. Oh, read um. it. One hundred percent. Shameless plug. Anything Tim Keller is the best thing of all time. And Prodigal God is the first one you it's should read. So good. And I think that that's almost one of the concepts that it explains. Absolutely. Um, just like how. And and I struggle with it. I'm struggling with it right now, even just to, on this small verse where it's like. You don't strive. You're not supposed to, you don't have to strive for identity, but then you are supposed to like work for the glory of God and put in work to know him and have a relationship because it's not a relationship without that work. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's a sphere to like go workspace, mm-hmm. but then there's a sphere of like just relationship based. Mm-hmm. And those aren't the two facets that Tim Keller talks about in Prodigal God, but I think that it's a good. It applies. It applies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's talking about. I will read the book, but (laughs) (laughs) seriously though, it's great. (laughs) Um, But his point is like, there's a third way and like that way is only obtained through Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think that that honestly is a really good lead into gray areas, not even on purpose. Wow. Wow. Look at us go. We got got this podcast thing down. (laughs) So take us there, Anna. Um, I just think it's something we were like, we were talking about last night. Where Stephen was like, okay, stop talking about this. We need to talk about this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have a podcast. Let's not get all the good material out <laughs> before we were there. <laughs> um, but one of the things that we talked about was kind of like that scale. And um, how like those great, well, Stephen was thinking about it a little differently than me. When I was thinking about it, I was kind of thinking like those gray areas we're kind of in the middle and they're almost on like a spectrum. But his point was more that like there's good and bad and then gray areas are separate. Um, but which I think kind of tracks with, well, I don't know. I don't know. But um, I feel like with gray areas, we can go, we can easily take something that's a gray area. For example, alcohol. And we can go, that's all bad. Or we can go, that's totally fine. Great. Doesn't matter how you use it. Yeah. And then like the truth is in the middle mm-hmm. and like only obtained through understanding Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. No. Yes. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like the temptation I think for all of us is to oversimplify in a way that makes things easier for us, but doesn't actually deal with the problems at hand. It's so much easier for someone to say something like alcohol or something like social media or something like movies or something like music, mm-hmm. all those different things that I would classify in, in the middle as gray area. It's so much easier to just say of those things, oh, that's totally wrong or that's 100% right the, the whole time yeah. because that's easy. Like uh, that's, that's what we want to do is make it, is. Is make it easier. Yeah. And the Bible is so real. It, he doesn't, the, the Bible doesn't just let us simplify the world into two boxes into two boxes yeah. or to not really deal with the world the way it actually is and that's why i love it it's it's it, it deals with the world the way it is and so in reality it, how the bible describes it is that there are things that are right like and there are things that are wrong yeah like that, that that is true and, and if we ever step away from that we're being unbiblical yeah 
can't just call something a gray area. For yeah, the fun for, of it. for fun, for the fun of it. When the Bible's like murder is wrong, and you're like, well, this is kind of a gray area though. <laughs> and so, like, there are things that are right, and there are things that are wrong, but there are things that are gray that aren't defined, and that aren't defined. And the Bible, being a book that was written two thousand years ago, can't address every issue in specificity Totally. Uh, like we talked about a few weeks ago there is no technically biblical view of dating yeah because dating wasn't invented until 1917 and or it's a 14. total gray area for christians yeah and it's a total gray area for christians yeah, of how you like handle completely. it and like whether or not there's idols involved and mm-hmm. all of those things come into play when trying to navigate how to date well and and so to the bible is just so realistic in, yeah. in its view of reality. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And then also, like, I think, like, for example, with dating, like, we can, we can turn that into, like, no dating, like you talked about. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to go there. you should have seen the look on her face it was literally just so much concern confusion thought and then maybe I don't want to go there (laughs) I don't think I'm going to (laughs) fair enough the great thing is we can edit this out later if we want to Thanks, Josh Cunningham yeah thanks Josh Cunningham he's the man if you ever see Josh Cunningham at church Make sure and give him a hug and say, you're the man. That's, That's a good it. idea. Yeah. Just, I, I support that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, but just like with anything, I think that we can go, we can idealize a certain viewpoint. We can idealize um, what we've been taught or the only thing we've ever known or, or sometimes even what we've just learned. Like you can just like, does that make sense? Um, you can just, there's so many things that we can kind of glom onto and be like, this is the way. Mm-hmm. And I know this is the way because I've experienced it. But even that, like, I think it's so funny because our experiences like, so are not like, I think there's this, there's a philosophy that like something's not true unless you've experienced it. But denominations of Christianity experience things differently all the time that, other denominations of Christianity still wouldn't agree with. And so I think even just like going off of that, it's not something we can attach to maybe as strongly as we do sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that tracks for you. Yeah. Yeah. No. So yeah, the whole gray area issue, um, there's definitely, definitely a tendency for people to be more sure than they really are. Um, and especially if things that they know or like know for themselves, know for themselves. Even. Yeah. And then say, everyone would be better off if everyone was like me. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> like, Paul, he's like <laughs> with the dating, like everyone would be better off if they were like me and single. Yeah. But like if you have to, <laughs> but if you have to, then, you know, <laughs> sure, do it your way. <laughs> yeah. Then yep, you should probably get married. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think that pretty much gives a framework for what this is, what this is, where we're going. And also moving forward, um, our next podcast, we're going to be joined by a guy named Wesley Town, which I am super excited about. He 
was the founding and lead pastor of Ecclesia Eugene. And I saw in an article at some point that he was like the youngest megachurch pastor west of the Mississippi or something like like that. I don't know. And um and so he's coming on. He's actually stepped down from that position recently to kind of do more of his focus on establishing a nonprofit called Better Days, uh, specifically focusing on mental health and the intersection between Christianity and mental health and how Christians ought to handle, talk about, and um, engage with mental yeah. health. And so he's going to be on the podcast next week, and we're, our goal is to bring be bringing in people um Christian church leaders, pastors, also people from the Thursday night group to be able to talk about stuff. So if you're from the Thursday night group, watch out. I might ask you soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> and to be able to, to, to discuss these things. And so next week we're going to be introduced to him, which I'm super excited about and kind of just get background on who he is prior to having him come to the conference. And we're going to be doing that with, um, doing that with all of all of the speakers and worship leaders who are going to be coming. So, Which, just to tag on to, like, I love the people that are coming to the mm-hmm. conference. Yeah. We've had Zoom meetings and phone calls. I haven't even seen all of their faces, but they are some of, like, the nicest people. Yeah. And so definitely listen to those podcasts. It's just like a get-to-know-you um, opportunity to kind of be in community with them before they're even in Grant's Pass. But I just wanted to like affirm how cool they are because they're so cool. And I'm so excited to have those conversations. Yeah. It's easy to think like, Oh, are these guys like legit? Or like, I think of musicians and being like, are these guys legit? And then I was talking to the citizens, uh, lead singer and he's so legit. <laughs> like he's he was, so cool. he was so genuine, so supportive, like just yeah. like the nicest people. Yeah. And you could tell that all of the walks with the Lord were real. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't something that was manufactured in order to try and get ahead or something like that, but it was, it was genuine. So we're, we're both super excited to have them on and have all of the, all the speakers and worship leaders on. So it's going to be, going to be a fun time. Hope you enjoyed the first episode of the rest. Stay tuned for future episodes and feel free to reach out to us either on our Instagram, Renew Grants Pass, or to us individually on Thursday night. And we'd love to hear from you, answer any questions, and to keep the conversation going. So thank you so much. Lord bless. We'll talk to you later. That was the rest of it. That was the rest.